I'm Laura Vinroot Poole. For 20 years, I've owned Capital, an internationally recognized specialty store. Capital has never really been about fashion. It's always been about people. What We Wore was created to share the meaningful journeys that inspire me. From the designers and friends I meet on the road to the men and women with whom I work each day. Everybody wants to know her Claire Crespo is a brilliant artist who wants us to see the world through a child's eyes. I hope you'll love this conversation about her journey as an artist, her deep connection to her roots, and how Jello changed her life. Claire Crespo, I'm so excited that you're here on the podcast. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to be here. I want to tell you a little bit about how I know you. And I think it is, it's kind of funny because I, I knew you multiple ways before I met you in person. And then I met you and I, it was like meeting, that was so starstruck um, <laughs> because we have children the same age. And for Fifi, I had found your spooky, um, like Halloween treat making thing just on like YouTube or something. I don't even know how I found it. Oh my gosh. And, and I got obsessed with it and I watched every Fifi and I watched every single one of them. We made one and I can't remember which one, but so that was the first one. And I just was like, oh, this is just the cutest girl. I love this person so much. Oh. And then separately, complete, really separately, I didn't know you were the same person. I bought my brother a full set like an oyster set of crocheted oysters crocheted tabasco <laughs> and gave it to him for christmas and then and then i met you with irene in mexico of all places right um and put all those things together and i really just felt like i was meeting the like the biggest star of the world <laughs> which i was but then you were actually really cool too and just amazing Oh my gosh. It was one of those times when meeting like your celebrity crush, they actually end up being incredible, as incredible as you thought they would be. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's just, it's, I never think because I've done so many different weirdo things in my (laughs) long life that I, I, it's like nobody has ever, usually people haven't seen the different things. So they're like, oh, you do this, or you write kids cookbooks, or you do fancy jewelry stores, <laughs> you know, like, and so it's so funny when somebody has actually like seen my weird road. Like those. <laughs> well, and weird too, Claire, that like, I, it was from different parts of that road and I didn't know you were the same person. I think that was even weirder. That was like, I'm, I love this and I love this and it's the same person. Oh my gosh. That makes me <laughs> so happy because often I'm sort of like confused by my road that I've been on, you know, and I'm like, who am I? What am I doing? Where am I going? Well, and I think as an artist too, a lot of times, because it is such a somehow sometimes isolating thing that you feel like you're creating work in a vacuum and you don't know that anybody's ever appreciating it or enjoying it or any of that stuff. Exactly. Claire, tell the listeners where you're from. My family's from New Orleans, but I grew up in Baton Rouge and I came very far west to Los Angeles to go to CalArts such a long time ago. And I never thought I would stay here, but <laughs> I did. Yeah. <laughs> Somehow I was hoodwinked into 
<laughs> staying. So I've been in California for a long time. I, I would imagine you drew a ton of inspiration from New Orleans and yeah. Baton Rouge and just the South in general. Oh my gosh. I actually had a I had a astrological reading a year ago. Somebody gave me a present and I did it. And and the woman was like, your chart is all like you, your all your inspiration comes from your roots. Yeah. You know, like somehow she gleaned that from my the stars, but it's really true. Like I always, I, I do feel like it's because of where I'm from every, lots of things that I do. I think the food, you know, I do a lot of stuff that's about food and I think that's because I'm from Louisiana and everybody yeah, just talks about eating and where they're going to have lunch, where they're going to, you know, what they're making that weekend. And, you know, yeah. the food is so big there. So I do think that is because of where I'm from. And I also, I had artist parents. My dad was head of the art department at LSU and my mom was a painter and then an interior designer. You I didn't know. realize that, that both of them were artists. Yeah. So I think like they, you know, they, it wasn't a weird thing to do to like, yeah. <laughs> of course I like pushed it. I mean, I, I do think my dad had given me like a jello cookbook when I was um, <laughs> a kid and it still is. I look at that book and I'm like, this is, this is what made me into <laughs> This Jello cookbook, it's it's like the best thing. It's designed by Pushpin Studios. Do you know who that is? No, tell me. It was these amazing graphic designers. They did like Bob Dylan covers and Milton Glaser is one of them. Anyway, they were these amazing graphic designers in the 60s and 70s. And they did this Jello cookbook that I <laughs> that landed in my hands and it just like, it had magic tricks in it and it had a flip book in the corner of the pages of the book. I made every Jell-O recipe in that. I tortured my family with the Jell-O recipes. Like it, I made everything in it. I was totally obsessed with it. I was so into it. And I think that that singular book like put me on a wild path. You were a baker as well. Yes. My grandmother was a big, big baker and she, you know, that's what I did with her. So like I, you know, I learned the, how to bake a cake and how to make cookies and how to do this and that with her. And that was such a warm, fun thing to do with her. So that still just makes me feel great. Were you already making crazy cakes as a, as a little person? Yes. Oh my Tell God. Well, I think my dad made me a Jaws cake when I was a kid with like a naked Barbie hanging from the <laughs> light fixture above it. You know, like oh my, my dad God. and stepmom made me that. And yeah. So, I mean, I think, yeah, the cakes were always part of my childhood. And then I was always the person that was bringing the birthday cake to somebody's you know, party in college. And I mean, I think that is the funny thing is I just take that stuff so seriously that I'm like, this is my job. I mean, that's, <laughs> 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 I mean, I used to, I was a music video producer after CalArts for a while. And, you know, I did that for years and I quit abruptly, like I was a executive producer at a production company, which was kind of a big job, you know? And right. I was like, I can't do this anymore. 
And everybody's like, what are you going to do? Like, where, what are you doing? I was like, I'm going to make jello. And I literally <laughs> like that. I like quit that big fat job and invented a jello aquarium. Seriously? <laughs> Seriously. That's in my first cookbook, jello aquarium. I'm like, I've made it on the today show. I've made it on oh Good America. Like that jello aquarium was my ticket. <laughs> Well, and then, and did your parents, I guess, was it clear sort of that you could have, could find a, a pathway as an artist and, and, and were your parents supportive in that? I went off the rails, I have to say. I mean, because <laughs> that, well, my parents were both artists and, you know, encouraging when I was a kid, my, <laughs> my work later, like, I think, confused them. I mean, it definitely confused my mom. My dad would try to understand, but yeah, my mom was always like, what are you doing? I mean, she still is, if, to be honest. Like, <laughs> she's still like, what, what is your job? Like, I do think like my parents got a little confused about what I was trying to do. Anyway, I know they're proud of me, but I think they did get a little confused. And you have a very unique style icon, I think, that is not part of your real family, but maybe part of your imaginary one. Can you tell me what this song might mean to you? We'll begin with a spin traveling in the world of my creation. What we'll see will define. I'm kind of crying. <laughs> I love him so much. And, and wait, can I ask you, we were having this conversation yesterday. Um, do you love Willie Wonka so much or do you love Gene Wilder so much? <laughs> oh, well, right. I love Gene Wilder as Willie Wonka. I mean, definitely the book Willie Wonka is he's darker and <laughs> not quite as charming and you can't see his suit <laughs> <laughs> but gene wilder is so incredible but tell, tell me why you love him so much oh my gosh well i oh god i mean like do you <laughs> i'm scared to like really tell you how obsessed but i'll try and tone it down a little bit but i just find okay well the flag that I sort of fly behind a lot of the things that I do are, is sort of encouraging kids or encouraging grownups or anybody to like keep your mind open, trust in the magical and just believe in things that turn you on. Anyway, so Willy Wonka is entirely inspiring to me in his you know, appreciation of children and children's wide open minds. And I just love, I just, you know, the imagination in that movie is just touches me. Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 you walked down the aisle to that song, didn't you? I did. It was played <laughs> on a uh, accordion Aww. by this guy <laughs> on the bayou, like in outside of New Orleans. Oh my God. And yes, that's what I walked down the aisle to. I mean, I, that song is very, very important to me. And, and I mean, come on, his outfit, like I've been chasing that look, like I will, I mean, I'm always like, it kind of looks like Willy Wonka and I will buy it. Like, 
I went to, it was probably the fanciest party I've ever gone to. It was uh, 2000 and it was a New Year's Eve party and it was in Napa. And I found this Dries suit that was, it was a skirt, but it was a long skirt. And it was, oh my God. And it had a velvet jacket that was fitted. And it was very, very, I, I mean, I still wear that. It's amazing, but it's very Willy Wonka. <laughs> it was Willy like Wonka <laughs> moment. I love it. Well, I'm going to keep on looking for that for you. That's a yeah, great thank tip. You. Okay. <laughs> I will buy it. <laughs> <laughs> well, so talk to me a little bit about leaving the South, leaving Baton Rouge and, and the road to college in San Antonio, which is such a cool town itself. Yeah. I started looking for the door in Baton Rouge in high school. I could, I needed to I needed to see something else. And I don't know that I felt very, while I loved, I love where I'm from, but yeah. I I needed to see other, I needed to see some other stuff. And so I really, you know, worked hard in high school to kind of set myself up so I could get out. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I ended up in Texas, which wasn't very far, but I went to college at Trinity in San Antonio and then I went to UT for summer school and and then I just kept going west. Were you studying art? Kind of. I was I had a painting teacher that was very, very important. I was minoring in painting and I was majoring in communications, which I'm like, what is that? I don't even know what that is anyway. But. I mean that's what you do though. I think that's actually a great that's a great yeah, minor. Yeah. Yeah. But I think my <laughs> last my last job I had worked one summer, like the summer before my senior year, I think I'd worked at a TV station in Baton Rouge in the art department. And what I was doing was drawing the weather maps. <laughs> I love that. So like the fronts and the clouds and the, you know, like That's cool. it, it was a, it was a fine job. I had this one, I mean, don't we all, we have this one teacher that, which maybe you've had a few, but uh, I had this one painting teacher at Trinity and he was like, what are you going to do? I was about to graduate. And he was like, what are you going to do? And I was like, I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm going to go back to the TV station and draw the weather maps, you know, like I really didn't have much of a plan. And he was like, I don't know if you're going to do that. And he was like, <laughs> you better think hard about what, what it is that, what do you want to do? Don't think about a job. Think about like, what, what do you want to do? He was like trying to make me abstract what turned me on, you know, like, and do you remember and, what your answer was? And yeah, I was like, I was doing these paintings then that were all about like cars moving and they were all about movement. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I want to make my paintings move. <laughs> <laughs> He was like, you might want to be an animator. And I was like, oh, I, I can do that. And he was like, yeah. He's like, there's two places. You can go to CalArts. They have an animation program or you can go to RISD. But CalArts is like the bigger one. And I was like, oh my gosh, I, I want to do that. That's what I want to do. I want to learn how to animate. And that's what I want to do. And he, I mean, I'd crammed a portfolio together and he wrote me a letter and 
pushed me on my way. And I just, and I got in, it was so weird anyway. So I wanted to make my painting move, paintings move and I love that. moved to California to become and an animator. And, and you, and you pursued that there. I mean, did you finish with a graduate degree in animation? Yes. I got a master's in experimental animation. I'm sure you met so many incredible people doing all different things at CalArts. Is that yeah. how you moved into producing yeah. music videos and film? Yes, I was, uh, I was in a band. Um, <laughs> that is not in my notes. Tell me about okay. that. <laughs> I was in a really bad band, really bad band, like a terrible art school band, but it was really fun. And we did have a, a kind of major musician in our band um, that went on to being really great. Beck was our singer and um, I can't believe I'm saying this and this is like all could be heard by public anyway anyway I'm <laughs> you're my very good friend I'm telling you everything I was in a band with Beck he we actually oh it was kind of sad um, we were such a dumb band that we kind of kicked him out of the band anyway it was <laughs> no but didn't yeah anyway that's but um but it sort of so we did his videos we did that first um loser video the oh other guy God. in the band was Steve Hampt who is a great music video director and we were yeah we formed like a little production company and we did his videos anyway we did a bunch of his videos and then we did other people's videos because he became such a big deal and everybody loved his videos so anyway and did you enjoy it well yeah I mean it was so fun you know it was yeah. such a moment and there was such good music and videos were so amazing in that like early you know like I got to work on pavement videos and BC boys and you know like all these great you know with great artists and it was such a funny job you know <laughs> you know I was so scrappy and like in my like ex-girl outfit you know and I was a producer and I mean like I didn't know what I was doing but we knew how to make a little film so I guess we you know, did know what we were doing, but yeah, it was such a fun job. And all those, I worked with really cool directors. You know, I got to work with Spike Jones and Roman Coppola and like all these amazing, talented Mike Mills, you know, it was just so fun to see how their brains worked and try and support their visions. And yeah, it was super, super fun. And it was good money, you know, like it was a real job, you know, what was the defining moment in when you realized that it wasn't for you anymore? Being a producer is kind of like throwing a party, like you're inviting, you know, you have to make sure the right people are together that are going to get along. And, you know, like, and I was good at it, but I definitely had things that I wanted to say creatively while being a producer is somewhat creative. It can be depending on who you're working with. Like I just had stuff to do, you know, and I always had stuff on the side. I actually did a little self-published cookbook and, you know, I always had, I was crocheting food. <laughs> <laughs> Oyster sets. <laughs> I was doing some crocheted food. Um, <laughs> you know, I, so I had stuff on the side that like kept me satisfied like that, but it wasn't what I was doing. And at, at some point, like music changed and I was doing all these 
my last year I did a lot of Whitney Houston videos and um which was it was just not what I'd done before you know and just like it got so sort of stressful and hectic and the money was so big and it was just all so wild and it just wasn't, I, you know, I was like, I gotta at least try to make Jello my job, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I just was like, if I don't try now, like I'm never going to try and I've got to try. So I just, I jumped out the window and my big idea was to do a kids cooking show that was my dream and so like the first version was actually a website and it was like animated versions of some of my recipes it was like this splash site and it was popular and a publisher came to me and they were like do you want to do a cookbook and I was like oh well I really want to do a kids cooking show but but I think a cookbook will maybe be a stepping stone to that. So I did my first cookbook and it was really fun. And they let me do whatever I wanted, which was great. And the, it was just a wild experience because I, everybody thought I was making a kid's cookbook. And then when it was finished, they were like, wait, this maybe is for grownups too. So like they put it out on their adult label and their kid label. And it was like simultaneously in Vanity Fair and Nickelodeon magazine. Like it was just this wild, like straddle that was so interesting to me. It's hard to, I mean, I don't even know how to begin to explain kind of all the things you've created. Has food always been a part of them? Because when I do rewind back, I mean, I guess a lot of them really do relate to food from calendars to crochet Mm -hmm. to cookbooks to your show. I think that sort of got cemented at CalArts. I I really, you know, I was in that sort of art world. I was having some gallery shows. And what was interesting to me was talking to all kinds of people instead of just people that go to galleries. I liked the idea, like a goal was like, oh, if I could make a candy bar wrapper and it was in 7-Eleven, you know, like... <laughs> that would be so awesome. Like it's, it's interesting to me to talk to everybody or at least a bunch of people and instead of just this small art world, you know? So I felt like food was a way to do that because everybody eats and everybody has lunch and, you know, like, (laughs) you know, and it's not as, it's not as precious, you know, it's like, yeah. So I really, I loved the idea of my studio being my kitchen and creating something that everybody understood, you know, like that was more fun to me. And I had a lot of, I had some weird art shows then that were like podiums with like a pot, like a pond pie sitting there or the jello aquarium the <laughs> or whatever. Like, and they would go away, you know, like it wasn't like you could hold on to it. So I like that too. Well, and I also love the idea back to childhood too, just, just the idea of how much love comes through food and in the South, especially, I think it's just really a way to communicate love. I think my senior project in college, I'm an, I'm an art major also is all about kind of all the things that 
I learned in the kitchen through my grandmother to my mother to, you know, to my aunts that all the things you hear, you learn all the family secrets, you learn all the, I mean, all, all the things kind of come through the, through the kitchen and it's, and Absolutely. it's this form of women, I don't know, like learning your history, but also learning how to do things. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. And how to communicate with each other. And yeah. I mean, that's my, oh, the treasures in my life are my recipe box from my grandmother, my recipe box from my aunt, who's no longer with us. And my dad's, my dad was a major, major cook and his notebook, his like kitchen notebook, like those are, oh, it's so important to me. You've just done this beautiful collaboration with, is it Heather Levine? Yes. Heather Levine yes. is a ceramicist in LA and she asked me to do something with her. <laughs> yeah. And it, it, it sort of fed back to my roots, of course, like everything seems to over <laughs> here, but it's, yeah, it was my, my mama has that blue onion China that, and I just right. love it. I mean, I just love it. I love China. I love China patterns. I love, you know, like, oh God. And I, I wanted to do kind of a casual version, my version of that. And I did some blue and white plates. Also brings me to your collaborations with Pam Shamshiri. And mm -hmm. one of the things that I, the, is it Maison Deleuze? Um, yeah. The hotel in New Orleans that you, mm -hmm. you and Pam worked on and I, and you did these incredible ceramic snakes. Yes, the snakes, the friggin' snakes. Oh, I, I mean, know. my dad lived on a pond in Baton Rouge and we have a little <laughs> cabin out on the bayou. And I mean, even at my mom's house in Baton Rouge, like she, there's always some friggin' black moccasin, <laughs> like literally dangling, you know, on a... <laughs> on a door or like stuck inside. I mean, it's so crazy. The snakes freak me out. I'm so scared of them. Did, did Pam grow up in California? I mean, what was, was Pam like, what are you doing? Like, why, why the snakes? Absolutely. But she knows my stories. I mean, there's a famous story of me and my mom in a canoe and two moccasins fell into the canoe with us. And I mean, oh, cool. it is, and she ended up, I bailed and jumped out of the canoe and like, left her and she and she like killed one with her paddle is like it was a moment of me being like my mama is so much more of a badass than me and I need to just remember that and like <laughs> she is tougher than me but I also have her blood in me I also you know find strength in it but, but yeah the friggin' snakes so yes Pam asked me to make something for the lobby of that hotel and uh, I was so excited to make something in New Orleans New Orleans is my favorite place I love it so yeah. much and so I was like well I'm sorry that I'm gonna do this and this is scary but <laughs> it's just gonna work out these snakes and they're porcelain uh snakes but they're also in nautical knots <laughs> And um, it, I, the, what I thought was that it was, you know, that place is so threatened by hurricanes and weather and being so far underwater <laughs> that um, <laughs> it, it's kind of a, it's kind of an altar to the water. I mean, um, look, she made a, she designed a hotel in 
Louisiana, what are you going to get some snakes? I think one of the most incredible things you've ever created, Irene's dioramas in our store in Brentwood. We talk about that. Well, yeah. and not just that in, in her store, in her, her store in Melrose also. I mean, I love Irene so much and I'm just so, I just can't believe that I get to be in her orbit, you know, because <laughs> she is, she is so, she's such an amazing artist. And the fact that she let me just really go, you know, crazy and express myself. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I did. I met with her for her flagship store through Pam. Pam had me come in. I had done a diorama at the Ace Hotel in Palm Springs, um, which was one of mm -hmm. Pam's first hotels with commune. But it's very traditional. You know, they wanted it to look like a kind of, I don't know, like a weird little museum kind of funky diorama yeah. with taxidermy and stuff and it has like this coyote in it anyway um <laughs> that was that was really so Pam had me come in for for Irene's job and Irene was like I would love to have uh taxidermy birds that I put my jewelry on you know I was like okay well that's you know I know how to do that and like literally like calling up those taxidermists I mean that is a real weird world oh yeah and I you know I was like what do you got in the freezer you know I mean, it's like that oh it's it's kind of creepy so I started like getting geared up with like finding old beautiful birds um that were stuffed and then I was like you know it's kind of gross so I had another meeting with Irene and I was like you know the taxidermist you're gonna I don't know about you putting your beautiful jewelry on dead birds on these dead birds you know like it's kind of <laughs> gross and like stuff happens and you have to kind of keep them up and I was like what about we do I will make your birds like and I will couture them like I will just I will oh, wow. go crazy and I will make taxidermy in a way but it's like it will be like I'll make it with my hands. Well, and this is something I do want to ask you it is, I think this is one of the most extraordinary things about you is that you work in every single medium. Like you, you can, I mean, I, th I think that's very unusual for an artist. You're like MacGyver, like oh give you God. any material and you can make some incredible piece of art out of it. Well, Laura, thank <laughs> you for saying it that way. It's also like, it's scary for me because I, yeah. I think I, I have the ideas, you know, like, I, I mean, whenever I see something, somebody's like, oh, somebody ripped you off or whatever. And I'm like, they can't take the idea I haven't had yet. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I have the ideas and this is an example of it. It's like, I had the idea for Irene. I had that meeting. I was like, I'm going to couture your birds. And then I left the meeting and I was like, okay, lady, who's going to do that? Like, I don't know how to do that. Like, I'm not a couture you know, like, I don't, I don't even know what I'm talking about. Like, I don't know how to do that. Like, I, and that is, you know, so it's nice that you say that, but it's also like, I say, I have these big plans. I mean, the same thing with the snakes. I was like, I'm going to make these porcelain snakes out and they're going to be in knots. And then I left the meeting and I was like, I'm not a ceramicist. Like, I don't know how to work with porcelain. I broke so many snakes. Like they all popped. Like, Anyway, it's, a, it's, yeah, it's my 
it's a plus and a minus. <laughs> and how do you, like, how do you tap into that? Like, how do you have the confidence of that? And then two, I guess, how do you, I don't know, like, how do you tap into the, I don't even know what it is. Like the Zen of being like, I am creating this. <laughs> I can see it. You know, like I can see the idea and then I just have to figure out how to get there, you know, and it usually takes me quite a while, you know, like (laughs) I'm not fast, you know, like it takes me quite a while to like sort of figure out how I'm going to do it. And I get really grumpy and really discouraged (laughs) and I beat myself up and I'm like, I can't do this. I don't know how to do this. I don't know where I'm going to, you know, like, and then I figure it out you know, and then I have that in my tool belt. And I guess that's, what's interesting to me, you know, like Mm -hmm. is, is not doing the same thing over and over. And when I talk about, you know, the cookbooks and the cupcakes and that I'm like, Oh yeah, I used to do that. Like, I don't ever do that now, you know, like (laughs) it's really like, I just keep wandering along. It's funny because now I'm at a stage where people, they don't usually want me to repeat, you know, what I've already done. It's it's rare that like, somebody's like, will you make me some beautiful birds like at Irene Newworth store, you know, (laughs) and it's good and bad because it's like, that would be, gosh, that in a way I'm like, that would be such a easy treat to like, oh, I know how to do that. You know, (laughs) I would never make birds for somebody else, you know, like that. It's like, those are Irene's. It's such an unusual path or journey for an artist. I think, I mean, it doesn't always work there is a level of trust. I mean, you have to trust my idea, you know, like, because you're, you probably haven't seen it before from me. Have there been times when it didn't work? I I just am thinking of one because it (laughs) just, just sort of happened. (laughs) But, but I will say in my defense, somebody came to me to, to do something and they had an idea. It wasn't my idea. They had an idea and they wanted me to do it for them. I never really quite saw it. And so I was trying to give them what they were wanting from me, but um, it, yeah, it didn't, it didn't really work. But that's a, (laughs) but that's a good lesson too. You know, like if, if you're not, if you don't see it, then you can't make it. Yes. I guess. Yes. Do you have any dream projects that you have not done yet? I I still feel like even though I did the kids cooking show, I did different versions of it, you know, like I still feel like that I, I I loved doing that. I loved doing that. Not necessarily being in it, like even though like I mean that's hard for me. I'm not really a performer, but so I don't that's not what I'm craving, but I do love the I love a project that has a bunch of different layers and I feel like I haven't explored that as much as, as much as I'd like, you know, to, to do things that like, oh, it has this component and has this component has this, you know, like the kind of, you know, multi-layered things are, um, are exciting to me. And I, and I just, yeah. And I just hope that I keep getting to do different things, but dioramas are always you know, they all, they'll always be around. I was not, I was, um, I started a diorama club in the 
I guess I was in the 2000s, you know, that was for real, like grownups <laughs> dioramas and I've somehow managed to make it into a job a little bit. So we've been um, in the pandemic for a year. Have you found yourself creating? Have you been more or less creative or what, what has it brought out of you? It's like what I know how to do. It's like, and especially when I have nervous energy, I started making some granny squares. You remember a granny, granny square? It's like a blanket. It's a crocheted Afghan kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thing. Yes. Right, right. Right. It's like a little square. They're usually like different colors and you put them all together. Yeah. Right. I made so many granny squares. I could like <laughs> upholster my entire neighborhood. Like I, I it's like I couldn't <laughs> stop making granny squares. Well, what did you do with them? Well, I did put them all together. The blanket is, is it's too big. It's like, it's like, <laughs> it's so big. I kind of want to upholster a wall with it you know like because it is I just couldn't stop so anyway I've had a lot (laughs) of nervous energy and my hands need to move you know I do a calendar every year that's drawings of food and I always have a different theme for it and I didn't do one last year because I was busy and people were like can't believe you like (laughs) didn't do one but I'm so glad that I didn't do one for 2020 but I did feel like I have to make one for 2021 and it has to be really joyful I have to just dig deep I did one that the theme was ice cream it's just I just went for it I'm like extra sprinkles Cherry on top, friggin' we need some ice cream. Um, so I worked on that and then I've I just started bumming out. It's funny, it's like the past couple months have been like, oh, I hit a wall and I just started making these pinatas. Ooh. I've made so many pinatas. I'm like, I need it to feel like a party. I hung them all up in my living room. Like they're all. I did all these celestial themed ones. So they're all like, you know, I did a full moon and I did a Aurora Borealis and I did a, you know, lightning bolt and a cloud and a constellation and a, you know, like I've, I cannot stop. It is so crazy. Are they filled with candy? (laughs) They're not. I mean, I I call them pinatas, but I'm, I hope they don't get hit by a stick but maybe that's fun too I mean I don't, maybe that's part of it I don't know why I'm making them I can't stop what advice would you share with somebody who is a young artist I think the main thing that I have learned is just to really really trust yourself and trust your vision and that's all there is and you are not gonna I mean I don't know I never people often people gave me the advice of like okay well find somebody that you respect and see how they did it like look how they did it like how did they but that doesn't make sense to me it's like well Jane Goodall (laughs) Willy Wonka uh Prince like uh, okay can't follow them and that's who I love and so I do see purple suits there as a theme well okay I can follow it, but the creation, um, you just have to trust your voice. You just really do. And look, there's going to be so many people and there's going to be so many obstacles that get in your way and question that, but that's, 
that's all you've got. One of the most important questions on the podcast is what did you wear to prom? And you wait to hear. <laughs> oh dear prom. Oh my goodness. I mean, I have so many taffeta uh, stories <laughs> happening in my playing in my head right now. I'm like, do you want prom or winter formal? I mean, like, I don't know. I'll take yeah, I'll take either. But just give me a highlight. I mean, there was so much taffeta. Just, <laughs> is that what happens now? Do people uh, like no, taffeta? taffeta doesn't happen as much now. But yeah, there. I I mean, I'm your age. I there was so much taffeta. I mean, that's what everybody. Yeah, I wore to prom a cherry red taffeta yes. dress I had it made nice. it was spaghetti strap it was like a spaghetti strap it was kind of fitted on top it had giant skirt it was so red I can't it was maraschino cherry red not natural cherry red like it was so red and I had dyed matching shoes Yes, you did. Remember that part? <laughs> yeah, girl. Of course. Of course I do. <laughs> Where you go to the mall and you get your shoes and then you have them dyed. Yeah, yeah. it's so red. I actually would like to, I would, I wish I still had it. <laughs> yeah, your mom doesn't have it? <laughs> no, everything goes at my mom's house. What did you it. wear to prom? Has anybody asked you? Well, one one was super boring. One I loved was um, blue, like a French blue, Laura Ashley, polished cotton, sweetheart neckline, puffy sleeves. Yes. And it was cotton. And I mean, it was oh. so pretty. And then a sash and a bow and all that. I really yeah. like to see that. <laughs> I was way more mall. <laughs> well, well it, <laughs> I was kind of tacky. I feel like it was kind of tacky. I'm, well, my my winter formal look was a little more together. It, it was, was plaid taffeta. Cool. Right? That's really cool. Green yeah. plaid taffeta with black velvet puffy sleeves. I yeah, think I had that, that dress actually. That, that was, I know, that was actually cooler. Claire, I love talking to you and um, I appreciate so much you taking the time to talk to me. Laura, what a treat. What We Wore is produced by Capital and Balto Creative Media. The original song, Someone So Enchanting, was composed and performed by Britt Drazda. is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Find out more at queencitypodcastnetwork.com.